series where holistic leaders of tomorrow become thriving luxury brands. During the interview series, my guest speakers will share their adventure and expertise on specific topics to help you enrich your experience in life. Hi, I'm Angel Santana, the host of the Holistic Fascinista Speaker Series and the CEO and founder of HolisticFascinista.com. I have had the honor of working with each of these individuals to take what they've already mastered in their life and use it to serve their kismet clients. It is my great honor to introduce to you today, Sarah Davenport. Today, Sarah will be sharing with us why it's okay to admit you hate kale. But before we get started on this awesome topic, I'd like to introduce my fabulous client and personal friend, Sarah. As a recovering modeling agent turned chef and nourishment coach, Sarah Davenport understands the struggles women face around food, health, cooking, and body image. Spending years hating her body and fighting against it took her on a journey of self-discovery that led her to culinary school and integrative nutrition. Sarah brings her heartwarming style into the kitchen, helping women shift their relationship with food and their bodies while learning to cook simple, healthy, time-saving meals. Check out theoasisproject.net to learn more about upcoming classes and workshops. Welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, Sarah. I'm thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Oh, my gosh. And your topic is hilarious. I can't wait to dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, it's the dirty little secret. Kale. Right? Well, you know, we're bringing some humor to food and body image, so yeah. it's great. So, well, before we kind of go into, you know, really diving deep into the concept of what you really mean about hating kale, I just wanted to kind of take a step back and let our listeners get to know us and how we met. Definitely. Um, gosh, we met... It would have been about a year ago via Facebook and through friends. I think someone had either suggested they knew that I was working on this business and they suggested that I reach out to you or check you out, that kind of a thing. And then we started talking and it was like, oh, my God, that's it. We're done. (laughs) I have to know you. (laughs) Awesome. So – I'm really excited about this topic, one, because you know that I am a certified nutritional consultant and a holistic health practitioner, no longer uh, practicing in this, that field, but food is obviously very near and dear to my heart. I spent many years with health problems of my own, and food really became a a medicine of of healthy eating to help me overcome some of my own struggles. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. Do you really hate kale and how can you be a health coach who hates kale? <laughs> I actually, I don't necessarily hate kale. That's not it. But but my whole thing, especially with this topic, is I feel like we hear so many things out there, like you have to eat this and you have to do this and you have to do that, that it, it, like, it becomes that restrictive, really stressful kind of way of looking at dieting and eating. And I just want to like, lighten it up and it's like it's okay if you don't like kale like that's okay you know even though everyone talks about it like oh it's this miracle food and, you know, <laughs> everyone's eating it and if you don't eat it then you're like a bad person it's or so unhealthy I find for, at least for myself over the years there was just it was dieting and even just eating trying to eat healthy knowing what to eat it was just such a stressful thing and I was always looking outside of myself 
like, okay, what does this book say? What does this person say? What does that say? Like, they're, you know, they're, they know best. They know what's best for me. They know how I'm supposed to eat. And, and it's just like, okay, let's get rid of that. Guess what? The diet industry has sold us so many different things and different, you know, theories, vegan, paleo, this, that, gluten-free, dairy-free. And it's like, what about just listening to, to what your body, how your body responds, what your body feels like. If you eat something and you feel really good, then pay attention to that. If you eat something and you feel like crap and you're bloated and you're tired, pay attention to that. Just because somebody says something is healthy doesn't mean it's healthy for you or the right thing for you. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I meant behind it's okay to hate kale. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is one of those superfoods that's really trendy right now. It's kind of like when the beets were like the super trendy food and we keep seeing all these different things, like you said, with paleo or gluten-free. It's like, what's the next thing that's going to start trending? And, you know, I think that, I mean, I know that you've worked in the fashion industry for many years, but it's the same thing with fashion. You know, this, this year it's high-waisted, next year it's bell-bottoms or something. So it's like just about what's right for your body type, what's right for who you are, and what makes your body feel good. So I'm really curious. What is it like going from the fashion industry, because I know you work for a pretty fast-paced modeling agency, uh, to talking about body image and health? It's really, it's been such an interesting transition, and it's been one of those things. It was a long time coming. I think I knew, I was a modeling agent for 15 years. And after a few years in the industry, I kind of was like, wait a minute, this just, this just does not feel like it's in alignment with what I believe for women, you know, in general. And and so it was a real struggle. And that's when I started to kind of search and, and really start this process of finding, like, what is the next step for me and what is that next path and what's really important to me and how do I want to help people. And that's where food came in because it was something that I really struggled with. And then getting into the fashion industry and seeing – honestly, the absurdity of it, you know, it it was twofold. When I first started working on fashion shows, actually, before I became an agent, I, I remember being backstage and just realizing, looking at the women and being like, oh, my body is not like their bodies. Like I had idolized models and looked up to them and, you know, looked at fashion magazines, like all growing up obsessed with the fashion industry. And then constantly hating my body because of it and always trying to change it and trying to do things to look more like models. And then finally being around a group of models, I just was like, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm not like you, you're not like me. And it kind of started to kind of give me that wiggle room to like, okay, maybe I can be okay, even though I don't look like that. So it was a real, a real process. And then having to deal with these young girls and having them struggle so much with weight and how they looked and how their paycheck totally revolved around what they look like and having to have talks with them and sitting girls down and being like, I'm sorry, the client said, you know, you're too fat right now and talking to a girl that's a size four and you're just like, it's absurd. Like it just, it, you know, it's just completely absurd. But I mean, that's the nature of the industry. So it's kind of like, I had to sort of learn how to bring myself to that and and be compassionate in an industry where I didn't really fit in. And that's why I joke now where I'm like, oh, I'm a recovering modeling agent because it just, <laughs> it you know, it's just like one of those things, like being the, the round peg in the 
what is that? The round, the round peg in the square <laughs> hole. Like square you hole, just yeah. don't fit. Yeah, but it was, and like I would say to the models, it's like I don't like it necessarily, and it doesn't make it right. But these are the parameters. You have to be this size. You have to look like this. And if you don't, you can't work. I'm sorry. It is that way, but it is. So we have to work within that. And I had a lot of girls over the years that had eating disorders, that their weight would go up and down and up and down. And, you know, they would starve themselves. They were bulimic, like things like that. And really having to see the damage that it does, you know, and people often put models on this pedestal, like, oh, it's it's just so easy. It's so amazing. And it's like, if they knew the struggles that these girls had to go through, it's, it's, I mean, it's 10 times worse than I feel like even just as regular women, because, it's like you're under a microscope all the time. You know, then I I started, like I said, really searching for like, okay, what is that thing that is going to be the next phase of my life? What's something that I can really wake up in the morning and feel really good about? And, you know, and I realized I'm like, it's food. Food is, it's something that I've always, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like the, the biggest challenge for you sometimes becomes like the greatest thing that you can give. Like I've struggled so much over, you know, the last 20 years with dealing with body image and weight and how to feed myself. Growing up, my parents never cooked. We ate out all the time. You know, they were amazing parents, but they just, that wasn't a priority to them. So I ate a ton of fast food growing up. So, you know, I got to the space where I didn't know how to take care of myself. And I spent so much time and energy learning how to do that and I realize now I'm like that is my gift that I can give to the world is I can really help people to make it easier to learn how to get in the kitchen because I think cooking is one of the biggest and most important tools to health that there is. If that's the one thing that you can do is just cook some meals at home, it's like it will change your life. I fully believe that. And so that's when I decided I went back to culinary school I went back to school to go to culinary school, even though at the time I could barely boil water. And my (laughs) friends were all like, you're going to culinary school? Are you sure? Have you hit your head? What's happening? And it was the most amazing experience. And then I studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and did their health coaching program, which was incredible. And, And then actually what finally got me to make the leap out of the fashion industry was a cancer diagnosis. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2013, the end of 2013. So 2014 was me going through surgery and treatment and dealing with all of that. And during that time, I just was like, enough is enough. Life is too short. I need to do what's really, you know, going to feed my soul and how I can really help the world. And so that I made a vow to myself to just when I started to feel better, that it was time. It was time to finally cut the cord with the fashion industry and move on. And that's what I did. And then, cool. and thus the Oasis Project was born. Oh, my gosh, girl, you you have such an amazing story. I mean, I know uh, with the cancer and all of that that's happened and, you know, being introduced to, you know, all the kind of the dark side of the fashion industry, which there's many dark sides, but one of the ones that's a real big kicker with, you know, women and their body issues, issues um, body image issues, and Every woman, I think, to some degree, at least at some point in her life, has definitely struggled with body image. You know, mm-hmm. I hate my thighs, stomach fat, or whatever. And here you are, you know, where did you grow up again? Where, you know, when you were growing up eating all that fast food, where did you grow up? Oh, this was in Iowa. 
Iowa. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, like, my hut. it was bad. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, you know, donuts for breakfast and fast food for dinner. And, you know, and, and I think, to be honest, like, I think my parents, they just, they just kind of, it was like, that's what people did. They didn't know any better. That's, it wasn't, they didn't think they were poisoning their child, obviously. They just were like, it's fast, it's easy, it's cheap, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and I, I'm sure just since then, back in, you know, what, the 80s or something, when you were going through this with your, as a child, I mean, we didn't know all the things that we know now about Mm -hmm. fast food or about all the, I mean, now we've seen like a thousand documentaries about, you know, what's really in these, you know, burgers and fries and all this other stuff. And so, I mean, I'm very curious, you know, going from fashion industry as a modeling agent to now, you know, developing your signature system and now helping women deal with food and cooking. So how do you use your experience from childhood to the modeling agency to being diagnosed with thyroid cancer? You know, how do you use your experience to help them, you know, deal with food and maybe get in the kitchen and start whipping up some deliciousness? Definitely. So, you know, I think the biggest thing for me that I can help people with, it's just sort of, I feel like what I find with women is that they get very overwhelmed. There's so much on a woman's shoulders. You know, she's got a job most of the time and family and kids and a million responsibilities and the weight of the world on her shoulders. And she's trying to take care of everybody, but there's only so many hours in the day and so much money in the bank account. And it's just like, starts to feel like that, like it's too big. It's too much. They can't handle it. They, they can't take on one more thing and cooking seems like a chore. And what I help people do is then I step in and just simplify it. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be a five-star dinner. I don't know about you, but in the course of, you know, the last 15 years, I've eaten out a lot. And you kind of get used to, I feel like when you eat out a lot, you get used to certain expectations of like restaurant food. And, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, let's reel it in. It doesn't have to be quite so complicated. Let's make it simple. And let's have some compassion with ourselves. I think that is the biggest thing, too. It's like, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to just try something. And you know what? If it's horrible, you can order a pizza, you know, at the end of the like. <laughs> If you need to, you need to, but at least you're getting in the kitchen and you're trying. And the goal is to have me come in so you don't have to order the pizza. <laughs> but but to just start getting women back into the kitchen, as antiquated as it sounds. I'm always like, I sound like I'm out of the 50s. I'm like, let's get women back in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> but but it's true. And, it's, and it, to be honest, it's like it's healthier. It actually saves money. And when you plan it out and have, like, some simple tools to make it easier under your belt, like, it doesn't have to be one of those things where you spend hours and hours and hours in the kitchen. And that's really, you know, that's really what I like to help women do. And to just learn to kind of lighten up about it and have some fun and be more compassionate with themselves. You know, and I think you're a lot of this, you know, for the listeners out there that live in maybe a metropolitan city or a fast-paced city, because I know, you know, living in Los Angeles or New York, you know, we do have a lot of food options, even healthy options, but nonetheless, easy to eat out, you know, and it's one of the things that 
you maybe gets us out of the house and gets us socializing and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But but at the end of the day, knowing what goes in your food, mm-hmm. regardless, you know, I mean, especially as you start to really pay attention as you're talking about, like, does this make me feel bloated and tired? And, you know, that's until you know exactly what ingredients are in your food, you really don't know exactly what you're eating. And so I think that's another thing about cooking that's really cool is to experiment and, you know, try. I've now mastered this one salad, which I've, I literally, I think I eat it, like, almost every single day. I'm mm-hmm. so addicted to it. I've, I've had similar, it's like a cucumber salad. I've had this, you know, similar salad at, like, Greek restaurants, but I, I promise you that nobody's as good as mine. And <laughs> probably because it's made fresh every time I eat it, and it has tons of fresh herbs, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. And, and, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm, like, super awesome, you know, cook uh, or chef by, by any means, but I do have my go-to dishes and, and it is fast, you know, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't take a lot of time. So I love that, you know, your niche is really helping and kind of taking away the scare factor, especially if you've got like picky eaters in your family, or if you've got people, you know, Mm -hmm. your husband or your children, or, you know, the the people that you're sharing the roof with are, are picky eaters, finding a way to have a happy medium of things that everybody loves, I think is awesome. And Mm -hmm. so I love that, you know, you've really picked a way for, to bring the families maybe together or to also show that, you know, even if you live in a metropolitan city where you have a million choices that, you know what, you might be surprised if you learn a few simple Mm -hmm. recipes, how much more delicious and fresh that it really is, regardless if it's your favorite restaurant that you normally go to every Thursday night or what have you. So my little two cents on that. (laughs) Totally. And I love that. And that's the thing too. A couple things that I want to touch on there that you just talked about. If you live in a big city or if you're used to going out and you like going out, then it's okay too. I always tell people like as we're working and I'm teaching them like meal planning and how to really prep and plan for things because it just makes it so much more streamlined. It's like if you know that Wednesday night you guys like to go to, I don't know, whatever restaurant that you love to go out for Thai food on Wednesday night, work it in. Totally. Make that part of things. It's not like when you start cooking, then you have to cook every meal at home. No. But if you cook more meals at home than you are eating out, it will have an effect. And just from working in restaurants, I can tell you right now, too, the amount of salt restaurants Mm. use, that in itself will change your body. (laughs) The amount of salt is insane because salt tastes better. It's a flavor enhancer. People become addicted. They want it, you know, so we've become so used to it because of eating out so much. And it's like just trying to cut back on that at home would make a huge difference. And then the last point on that, it's also the connection. How does it feel to like actually make a meal at home and sit down and eat it with the people that you love? It's like without having the hustle and the bustle and traffic and, you know, the waiters and the this and, you know, all of the millions of things. It's like you can actually sit and be present with your significant other, with your kids and hear how their day was without having a million other things going on around. And and even the time like cleaning up the dishes, if you do it together, first of all, it doesn't take that long. And second of all, it's another time to bond. And to have those moments, it's like we're so busy and hectic and crazy lives. And to just slow things down a little bit, build in some time with your family that 
can really create some amazing traditions. I had one client who uh, their dishwasher went out, and and she said she was like, it took them a couple weeks to like get it replaced, and and she was like, it was so sweet. My husband and my daughter would do the dishes every night together and just sit there and talk. I'm like, oh my god, that just like gives me the warm fuzzy chills. It just is so mm. sweet. They started to create the special bond because of meals and food and then cleaning up and it's just like instead of looking at it as oh god this you know this stressor kind of thing that happens that we have to do it's like flipping the flipping the coin over and seeing it as a as a real opportunity to connect with your family i love it awesome well i'm sure we've got some listeners on the call that are like but i still hate to cook you know i don't know what to cook so you know what is some tips for anybody who's listening who, you know, really just does not like to cook. They just, they don't want to, they don't have a desire, but what would be some tips that we could give them to kind of inspire them to finish listening to this call and go to the grocery store and get some goodies? (laughs) Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, the first thing I would say, just try to be curious about it. I think a lot of times people have an idea of what it's like or what it means or, you know, maybe the only time they really spend any time in the kitchen is around like Thanksgiving and it just seems exhausting. And so I, I just invite them to be curious and to maybe just try a couple things. Or if you're in the Los Angeles area and want to have a little cooking class with me, we can do that. If you live in a different city, you know, there are, check out a little cooking class, try it out. I'm also a big proponent of really finding simple recipes. The way that I cook and that I help people to cook, I mean, yeah, can I cook, you know, crazy, fancy, whatever, but is that, it's not really, that's not what I'm going to do on a day-to-day basis because I'm a busy person too. I don't want to spend hours in the kitchen slaving over one meal. It's like, so I really try to find and share recipes with people that are just simple. If I mean, I've got a million cookbooks and if I'm flipping through and I'm looking at the ingredient list, and it's like a mile long. I'm like, nope, not doing it. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't want to deal with it. So, you know, just trying to find a couple simple recipes. And you can always sign up for my email list that I, I send out usually a recipe a week, things that are just really manageable and doable. And then one other little tip that I will suggest is, so you've picked your simple recipe. You've gone to the store. You have your ingredients. Take the time to just get all of the ingredients ready. So if it says to chop an onion, chop up the onion so you have it sitting there. If it says you need certain spices, have the spices open and ready. Have everything ready. In the culinary world, it's called mise en place. So it's like everything in its place. And if you take, you know, the few minutes to do that in the beginning – to just get all of your ingredients ready, chopped, prepared, measured out, so it looks like you're on a little cooking show, it will make your life so much easier because then you can just pop through. That's the part that usually takes the longest is just having that together. And if you dive into the recipe too soon, it can really mess things up. It gets very stressful. You don't have something, and then something starts burning, and, you know, it just it becomes just like, (laughs) ah, It's way too stressful. So if you just take a few minutes to make sure you have all of that together in the beginning, it makes a huge difference. A little little culinary trick for you. Okay, so everything out. So all the ingredients, we've got our spices on our cutting board. We've got the ingredients. 
So the, once they're all out, then it's just like chop it up, throw it in the pan, all that good stuff. Yeah, and and even when you have it all out, then go through and it's like, okay, if I have to chop the onion, chop the onion. Before I even turn the stove on, before I do anything, if I have to cut up carrots, I cut the carrots. If I need to, you know, whatever whatever I need to do from that list, the ingredient list, I have it all ready and done before I even turn the stove on, turn, you know, anything. Before there's any heat involved, everything is ready. Perfect. Great little tip from the chef. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's take this back to, you know, the fundamental thing. I mean, not only for health reasons do we need to cook at home and really take a look at the ingredients and reduce salt by not eating out as often and connect with our families. You know, one of the biggest things, and obviously both of us living in Los Angeles, and I think just women all over the world, our body image, these Mm -hmm. body issues. So what do you tell women who don't like their bodies? Mm. You know, it's so interesting. Body image is such, it's such a deep and complex issue. What, I, what I've learned and what I've seen with people that I've worked with over the years is that most of the time, and I think that this is kind of, uh, this, is, this idea is really prevalent in our society with advertising, diet industry, health industry, all of this. It's like we're coming from a place of self-hatred. I hate my body, so I have to do, you know, I have to go to the gym because I have to change it because I'm not okay. I have to eat kale. I have to eat, you know, a salad every day because I hate my body because I'm not okay. And, you know, it's this constant negative chatter about basically the underlying message is I'm not okay, so I have to change. And it's like when we can start to flip that over and really come from a place of self-love, and it doesn't happen overnight, it's a process. I mean, it's one of those things that it takes time because we're so ingrained to think, I hate my body, I hate my body, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. That it's, it's, a, it's a real practice to come from, I love my body, it is healthy and strong and shows up for me every day. And you know what? I want to do something that feels good. I'm going to go walk around the block. I, and, and coming from that place instead of being like, I have to go to the gym for an hour and run on the treadmill. To like, okay, you know what, I've had a long day, but I'll walk around the block and feel really good right now. Yeah, that's good for me. I've been sitting in my car for the last hour. Like, this is a, that would be something good to do for my body. Okay, what can I eat that's going to feel good for me and that I know has, you know, nourishment and vitamins and minerals and that it tastes really yummy and it feels good and something that I can do because I love my body. It's like it starts to shift things. And like I said, it takes time. It has taken me, you know, the past few years to really get to the space where this is just sort of automatic. And then when that voice comes up, that's like, oh, my God, your thighs are fat. They're disgusting. You're not okay. I can be like, oh, interesting. There's that voice again. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I heard you. Thanks. I don't need to listen to you anymore. So it's kind of like it's starting to sort of like separate that little jerk on our shoulder that is constantly telling us that we suck and sort of being like, that's not us. That's not me. That's just this like little a-hole voice in my head. That's the condition there for, you know, however many years for whatever reason, whether it was, uh, you know, somebody told us we were fat when we were a little kid or I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine one time. And I swear every woman has a story 
in some way, shape, or form that's similar that they totally remember. It's like my freshman year of college, I had a boyfriend tell me, he was like, you're just a big girl. You're just, you know, you're just a thick girl. Because I was, like, athletic, so I was strong. And, you know, but I was playing sports and whatever. He's like, you're just, yeah, you're just kind of thick. And that stuck with me like nobody's business. And I'm sure, you know, he probably didn't even think twice about saying it. Like, it probably, and then the next day he probably was like, oh, I look great. But it stuck with me. And I swear, every woman I talk to has some sort of story about being, you know, a young girl or going through puberty or whatever it is. And, And it's like it starts to tear away at us. And then being in society and with uh, just everything, it's just the pressure around for perfection that isn't even real. And I think that's a big piece coming from the fashion industry that I don't know if, I mean, I know it's becoming more and more, like there are more things out there about Photoshop and things like that. But it's the advertising world and the fashion industry, it is so not real I remember talking to one of my models, and uh, she had just had a new photo shoot done. And she told me she was looking at it with her sister. And her sister looked at it and was like, oh, I wish I had your nose. And my the girl that I repped that was the model was like, what are you talking about? That's not my nose. Like, they photoshopped the <laughs> crap out of it. It's not even my nose. So don't look at the picture of me and pull up my nose because it's not real. Like, Wow. And, Yeah, yeah. So to circle back around, you know, it's just, like I said, it's, it's, it really, I think, is a thing of, of learning to be okay and learning to flip the, flip the switch from self-hate to self-love and just sort of like learning to be a little bit more gentle with yourself and to love yourself. And, and I mean, for me, what it looked like was instead of being like, I need to be in the gym for two hours every day to, like I said, and getting thyroid cancer really kind of forced me to have to do this because I could barely, I barely had the energy to do anything. And so it would be like, okay, if I can literally walk around the block, then um, I feel great. That's amazing. Or, you know, now sometimes it's like, I'll go to the gym and it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. And if after 10 minutes, I don't want to be there, then I'm going to leave. You know, at least I made the effort and I got there and I did a little something and nine times out of 10, it feels good. And I like it, and I want to stay. But it's not coming from a place of self-punishment. It's coming from, like, I feel, like, this feels good. So so I think that is a big, big piece of it. Sorry, I totally rambled on. No, and I love it. Well, the thing is, you know, I, I know a lot of health coaches, and everybody has their take on, you know, body images. But this is a really a, a newer topic. I mean, yes, you know, eating vegetables and being healthy, it's like, you know, we learn all that in nutrition school. But this is different because this is really about cooking and being okay with yourself. It's just a lot deeper. And I know as we talk about in Signature System, you know, there's the gateway problem, which is like, I hate my body. How do I get skinny thighs? All that stuff. And then the root problem was like, I'm just in that. How do I just feel okay? Uh, And so, you know, cooking is becoming a remedy that you help women get behind the stove. You know, let's just start changing this habit. And see how that transforms, you know, how you actually mm-hmm. feel about yourself. So I love this holistic approach to uh, improving body image, connecting with your family on a deeper level, and taking care of yourself, really caring about your health and feeling okay in your own skin, in your own body. And I just, 
you know, you have just really opened my eyes to so many things. You have such a positive vibe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how mm-hmm. many people tell you that, but you just do. Like, even your voice is just so sweet and caring. And, I mean, you're the type of person I would want to come to my house and be like, okay, let's freaking make <laughs> food, you know? And so it just sounds fun. It sounds like yeah. something different than just hiring a personal trainer, you know, to solve this body issue thing. Because we all know that that's just, again, trying to solve a gateway problem. We've got to go deeper. It's not just about getting in the gym to get skinny. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's so much more to the table there. And I think this is an opportunity and what you offer in your signature system truly needed more so. I don't know how many other people that you know are actually doing something like this with their culinary background. Mhm. Yeah. So, no, um, and that's the thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I know, but why is that? It's so crazy to me. So I'm glad that you're the trendsetter here. Uh, for those who are still working really late hours in the culinary uh, world, in the restaurant world, in the bar world, here's an opportunity to take what you learned in culinary school and to help people in your local area learn how to cook. And it, I mean, unless you, I mean, even in home economics in high school, it's like. We learned how to make, like, cookies. You know, we didn't learn how to make, you know, real <laughs> totally. So, totally. I mean, we didn't learn. We didn't learn it in college. So it's just one of those things that, you know, we didn't get a chance to learn. And if you really are interested in, you know, learning how to cook and caring about yourself in a way that is a little different than what's currently being offered in the health world, Sarah is obviously a go-to person. So, you know, I wanted, I know we're about to wrap up uh, this amazing interview with you. I just wanted to make sure, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that would be helpful for our audience? Well, I think I didn't really touch, I mean, I touched a little bit on meal planning, which I think is such an important tool. It's just, it's one of the things that can really make life so much easier when it comes to food. And I kind of relate it to like doing a budget. If you do a budget and you've got it planned out, it's a pain in the butt, but it gets easier. The more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, you know where your money's going. It's the same kind of thing with this. When you plan things out and you really learn how to do it and the tips and the tricks and the tools, it really makes a big difference. And I teach meal planning workshops throughout Los Angeles. I'm going to have an online one here pretty soon. I'm working on it now. And if you want, you can sign up on my email list on my website, which is www.theoasisproject.net. And I send out like a basic meal plan form with, you know, kind of a, a sample meal plan and some recipes just to help kind of get you started. But if you want more of like a a deeper understanding, you know, definitely check out one of my workshops because it's just, it makes life so much easier. It really does. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about your virtual stuff. You know, if if people are listening and you're not in Los Angeles and you're like, but Sarah, I need help and I don't know anybody in my local area. So can you tell us a little bit more about the virtual workshops that you're going to be offering and when those might get started? Definitely. So like I said, I'm working on the meal planning one. That's going to be the first one I'm going to roll out here pretty soon. And and it's going to be, because normally what I do is I hold like a hour and a half, two hour workshop in LA to really sit down and go over meal planning. So that's what I'm going to try to translate through the online world because I, I do have a lot of people that don't live here that would love the information. So I'm working on that now. And then I'm also creating, I have a six week signature system. That's a, it's, I do a very hands-on one at this point. 
but I'm working on translating it into an online one. Again, so people who don't live in LA, I can really help share this information and hopefully try to take everything that I'm, I'm teaching here in person and translate it so that it can really help people even if they aren't, you know, no matter where they are. So that's the real goal. So it's not only the cooking side of things, but the health, wellness, and the body image and really working on on just, like I mentioned, flipping that switch and some, some different tools and tricks and, and exercises that I have to really help people start to walk through that and feel supported and not like they just have to figure it all out on their own because you're not alone. You don't have to do it on your own, even if you don't live in L.A. So that will be um, probably in the new year I will have that all hammered out and ready to go. Sweet. Well, awesome. I am so excited for you and all that you've created. By the way, you need to visit the oasisproject.net, so that's not.com. It's an adorable website that, you know, is beautifully branded, and it's, I think you need to check it out. Get on her mailing list. Get those friggin' recipes that she's going to give you every week. Stay tuned for the virtual workshops, and if you are local to Los Angeles, reach out to Sarah. She'd love to help you get behind the kitchen, behind that stove, make some delicious meals, and start stepping up your A game um, and really feeling good in your own skin. So thanks so much, Sarah, for being part of the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series. I mean, obviously, we're just around the corner from each other, and it's been an absolute joy to get to know you and your talent. I'm looking so much forward to the growth of the Oasis Project and wishing you so much success. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having me on and talking about all of this and for everything that you've helped me with because the Oasis Project would not be if it weren't for you, Angel. So I'm really grateful for everything that you've done. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I remember when we came up with the name and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is like, so I can't wait for this to be birthed, you know, and now it is. And it, can you believe that was, that literally was like, what, little less than one year ago. Is that correct? Yep, yep, it was. Think, yeah, because it felt like it was like winter time or something when we when we did all this in person. <laughs> and, and it's just crazy to see how far you've come. I mean, leaving your job, doing this full time, helping women all, you know, all throughout Los Angeles, cooking and doing workshops. I mean, I am beyond thrilled with the success that you've created for yourself and helping these other women. So kudos to you, Chica. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, couldn't have done it without you. So Thanks, Chica. Well, um, I'll just have to, you know, we'll set a time aside to catch up again soon. And thanks again for being a part of uh, Holistic Fashionista. Definitely, for sure. Bye. Bye.